It's week 14 in the NFL and the Giants are in for another dog fight. I want to welcome you guys to another episode of Blue Rush Preview. It's your Giants podcast for the New York Post. Brian Dable and the G-Men are coming off a tie to the Commanders and they're winless in their last three games. And they've got the 11-1 Philadelphia Eagles headed up the turnpike to MetLife Stadium. It's a must-win divisional matchup. So we're going to bring in two-time Super Bowl champ Dave Tollefson to break down how the Giants need to win in the trenches. NBC Philly analyst Barrett Brooks represents the Eagles for Know Your Enemy. But before all that, let's bring in the squad. He's at LT for kicks on social media, and he's also a two-time Super Bowl champ. He's Lawrence Tynes, and in the box right there next to me, he's a legend on the beat, longtime New York Post Giants beat writer, Paul Schwartz. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. In the words of Deion Sanders, the Philadelphia Eagles, they're coming. They're they're coming. And it's going to be a matchup at uh, MetLife Stadium. Uh, Just your initial thoughts going into it really quick. How you guys doing uh, before we get into this thing? It's great to see everybody. Tough game. I mean, that's an understatement. Best team in the NFL is coming up the turnpike uh, to play at MetLife Stadium. The Giants on paper are severely overmatched. Uh, we'll see what they can cook up for Sunday. But it doesn't look good early if you're a Giants fan. Well, um, you said Deion Sanders is coming. I'm coming. They got to tell him to not go to Colorado right away. Come to MetLife Stadium on Sunday. <laughs> he would probably be the Giants' best cornerback right now. Oh, and they, oh, they oh. need him. They need them. I'm coming. They need. They need. Um, <laughs> they need a lot in this game. Look, they're big underdogs for a reason. Yeah, it's going to be like I said earlier. It's going to be a dogfight, Paul. We've been reading your articles all week. You've been killing it on the beat. We're going to start with you. How do the Giants get back to the basics and relive that success they had for the first eight weeks of the season? When I think of getting back to the basics, I think of running the ball, right? Because that's what the Giants have been built on all year. This year for various reasons. I don't think that's what Brian Dable necessarily wants and Mike Kafka wants, but that's what they have to do. They have not run the ball well at all. Look, even in the game where Saquon Barkley went over 100 yards last, he had to carry the ball 35 times. So to me, getting back to the basics is running the ball. They have to do that. They have to keep the Eagles off the field. Uh, That is easier said than done. Look, anytime you're facing a team that's clearly better than you, and right now clearly better than every other team in the league, you have to have kind of a, a, a recipe for success. And that recipe is in this cookbook is not just a, lo- a couple of lines. It's a whole chapter on what they need to do. And we'll get into it later on in the show. But um, to me, without running the ball, they can't do anything. Well, let me go to the other side of the football, Paul. You talk about running the football. How about we stop the damn run? Uh, th- this team has been terrible against the run. The linebackers. You know, I saw something on Twitter yesterday. I thought it was interesting. Two of the best-rated interior defensive linemen last week, graded out-wise, were Dexter Lawrence and Leonard Williams. I don't know if Leonard Williams is going to be available, but think about the ineptitude behind those two guys. When you have two out of eight linemen ranked the highest in the league for the Week 13 game, and we still give up 165 yards rushing. That says a lot about the players behind those two guys, right? Linebacker has been a huge problem. 
Tate Crowder's out there in social media trying to hit the transfer portal. You know, it's just, it's a problem. It, it is. It, we've got guys tweeting and stuff, you know, about playtime. It's the first issue that Brian Dable's had all season. Nobody's healthy really in the secondary. This is a huge challenge for them, but I, I'll stick on that side of the ball. I think that side of the ball is going to be where the Giants can win this game. I think they can maybe do enough on offense to get the ball moving. But defensively, guys, if you if you just start letting Jalen Hurts you know, the week before he was player of the week rushing for 150-something yards. This week he was player of the week throwing for 380. Uh, pick your poison with him. He's a dangerous, dangerous player. MVP candidate. Uh, defensively is what I'm really looking, you know, at this week in terms of that's going to be the main focus to see if we can win this football yeah, game. Yeah, because that stat for the, for the Giants defense, they have to understand that Philly is fifth in the NFL in rushing yards and third in rushing attempts. They're going to run the ball. So you put yeah. that out there on social media and you get a chance to get up in there. Now you can – I think Tate Crowder put all types of pressure on himself now because now Giants fans are going to be locked can in. Can I say that. something, though, real Wait. quick? He is better than the two guys they got out there, in okay. my opinion. Okay. I really okay. do think he is. I So I, I get where he's coming from. He's just going about it the wrong way. Absolutely. Tate Crowder is better than Smith and the young kid McFadden. And McFadden's number is disgusting. No linebacker in the NFL should wear 41. It's gross. Get him off the field. Put, let Tay Crowder play. But again, guys, they didn't draft Tay Crowder. Yeah. They drafted McFadden. They brought in Smith. So I don't know what the deal is there. But I really do think this is just his – I think Tay Crowder is better than those two players, in my opinion. All right. Is, is, is Brian Dable telling Tay Crowder to hit the portal? Pretty <laughs> much. That, we yeah. got the Dion thing. Yeah. All right, Paul. I mean, we're talking about the Giants winless in their last three – uh, they had to tie last week. They're not playing the type of football that they started off with. How does this team learn from their mistakes from the last four games? Look, it's hard to learn from your mistakes when you're playing the best team in football. But we, we praised the Giants and Dayball early, right? That they were aggressive. They had that mindset, right? Us against the world. Nobody believes in us. Okay, fine. And then, look, you're 6-1. and one, You're 7-2. and two. I don't think – I didn't see – you know, I'm not going to go out here and say right now, oh, I think they changed. I was in the locker room and they they thought they had made it. You know, you know the ping pong tables and the little, um, you know, uh, uh, um, you know putting thing that they have in there, that's been in there all season. So I'm not going to say now, oh, now these guys are playing ping pong and, and, and have, you know, practicing their putts. They feel like they've made it. You know, I think it's been pretty consistent. I just think the football has caught up with them and those, those close games are now turning against them. You know, they've had some games that haven't been incredibly close. Uh, obviously, a tie is very close. They should have won that game last week it, for a lot of reasons, and they didn't. I, you know, I think it's time to get back to a little more aggressiveness. I think it's easy to say it's harder to do, especially on offense. You know, but when I say see Jalen Hurts, right, and I see how they shepherded him and 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 the Eagles protected him, and then they got really good players around him, and now he's a stud. Um, and then I was talking to Daniel Jones in a locker room the other day, and I just think they have not shepherded him very well. They have certainly not surrounded him with great players other than Saquon Barkley. Jalen Hurts, by the way, has probably the best offensive line in football in front of him. So he's running free. He's running easy. You know, he's learning. He's, he's he allowed to learn while he was winning. Can the Giants unleash Daniel Jones? I would like to say yes, but it's hard to unleash someone when you're throwing to guys who are just not going to get open. So, times it, it kind of sounds like in order for the Giants to shock the world and to beat the Broad Street Bullies, they've got to go back to embracing an underdog mentality. That's what it sounded like to me. You agree? Yeah, they're going to have to play. The, the problem is, you know, when everyone says let's unleash Daniel Jones, Paul, in my opinion, is they struggle up the middle. And who's coming in uh, up the turnpike? Fletcher uh -oh. Cox and is it Hargrove, Hargreave? 
I mean, these two guys, again, just like Payne and Allen, that's where all the problems are for the Giants. If you could just block with the tackles and no one was allowed to rush up the middle, the Giants would be fine. But that's not how this game works. So you, I want to see Daniel throw more. I really do think if you can get him going, he can probably help you win a game or two throughout the year. But they just will not take the training wheels off this offense. Um, and I do, like I said in the postgame uh, show, I'd love to see, obviously, Brita or Brightwell get involved. I think you need multiple running backs in this offense against this team to try and switch up the pace and try and do something that they haven't seen. So it's a huge challenge. The Eagles are really, really good. I mean, they stand out. They almost remind me of that 07 Dallas team that had like 10 Pro Bowlers. Remember there was 10 or 11 Pro Bowlers on that team with DeMarcus Ware and Romo and all these guys. So that's what they remind me of. You know, they're that good. They kind of have that kind of record. They're coming up to MetLife on Sunday. It could be really, really ugly being very, very upfront here. Because you're very upfront guy, and I'm going to be upfront with you guys. The Giants pass rush last week was one of the bright spots of the game during that tie. So back by popular demand, I spoke with two-time Super Bowl champ Dave Tollefson, and we're going to talk about the trenches. Let's bring in former Giant and two-time Super Bowl champ, and of course, Blue Rush fan favorite Dave Tollefson, because this Giants-Eagles game is going to be won or lost in the trenches Dave, first and foremost, the people have spoke. They wanted you back. Appreciate you joining us live from Nebraska. Let's get right into some trenches talk. Because uh, can you break down the the Eagles' trenches, talk their offensive line, defensive line? What have you seen and how are they having so much success? Uh, I mean, it's old school NFC, NFC East, Brandon. I mean, you're going to win and lose up front. You're going to have to run the ball late in this in this cold division the weather's turning and i think that the eagles are built for that jalen hurts is such a big part of that run game you know and he's really found a way uh not just with his protection but with the weapons he has on the edge aj brown looks incredible as a guy that goes up and gets the ball so we're gonna have to put pressure on him now you know this brandon when i played we gotta get to his feet and i say that not in a sense of bringing him down but we, we have to have a chance to make him move his feet. And whatever that looks like, getting him out of the pocket, making him run, we have to get him uncomfortable. And so that's going to be super important for us. Well, I wanted like, to ask you that because he's not a traditional quarterback. So what's a, a dual threat quarterback such as a Jalen Hurts? What's his or how does that change your pass rush in terms of his drop point or his sack point? Well, it really shouldn't. It really okay. shouldn't. As okay. crazy as that sounds. When we played against Vic, Colin Kaepernick, we let them run around a little bit. Now, when they run around, it opens them up to hits. They lose all that protection. Once they get out of the pocket, they become a runner with the ball. So they lose all that protection, which we're okay with. Colin Kaepernick set a record for the most yards rushing in a playoff game years ago when I was playing and and ended up winning that game. But that rarely happens. We've seen Lamar Jackson struggle. Uh, he's got an injury now. Let him run a little bit. Let him move. Don't get scared. You know what I tell my old junior college coach that I help here out in Iowa, who's playing for a national championship this uh, next week. If the quarterback's running around, that means we're chasing him. Okay. Okay. Which is a good problem to have. All right. So let's Riverside it. Let's flip it. How do the Giants attack the Eagles defensive line, especially a, a Giants interior offensive line that people would say have struggled within the recent weeks. So how would you attack that Eagles D-line? I think you got to be patient. you got to be patient. Obviously, they added our guy, Linville Joseph, who's great in the trenches. Yep, and yep. Dominic Kumsu, 
who's played at a high level for a long time in this league. Jordan Davis is back, and then Fletcher Cox. That that's a that's a four deep that'll rival anything that we've seen in recent memory in this league. So you got to be patient. Punning's not bad. Get Daniel Jones on the edge. Get them uncomfortable. Listen, this is chess, not checkers, man. This is late season NFC beast football. We can't get too caught up in the big play. Let's move the ball. Let's play complimentary football. Let's not let, let let's not look for the big play early and just and just chop away, chop away. It's it's it, listen. This game is going to come down to a, a last possession okay. situation, and you got to understand that. And if we can if we can be patient as fans, as as players, as coaches, and get us in a position late, kick a field goal to win, whatever that looks like, we have to we have to understand that's what it's going to take. And the Eagles only lost this year. The Commanders ran for 152 yards against them. But how does the pass rush attack the offensive line, though? You got to pull it apart. First off, we haven't done great against the run at home recently. And we have to devote some time to that. I was talking to Lawrence before I did this with you. Listen, you have a pie chart. You have 100% of a pie chart. You can only devote so much time to a certain thing. We have to devote time to stopping the run. And when I say stop the run, it doesn't necessarily mean yards, total yards. It could be three yards per carry, but we got to talk them out of it. We have to not get that play action working for Jalen Hurts. So we got to understand what, what they do, what the position groups are down in distance, devote time to that and resources, talk them out of it. Listen, offensive coordinators, they can get talked out of stuff pretty easy. Okay, okay. And we have to talk them out of it early. Get them into five-step drops. Get them out of the situations that they want to be in. And then we then we can implement our pass rush plan. And that's totally separate than what our, our running game plan might be. And, we, and then we can implement it with our big boys up front. Again, pushing the pocket, getting at his feet. Let the big guys get in his face, get hands up, knock balls down. Talk them out of it, right? I think about some of the defensive lines that you've played in and some of the players you've played with. The Giants' secondary is banged up right now. So I imagine, what's the D-line's mindset? What are they saying to Wink going into Sunday with a banged-up secondary? Well, I hope they're saying put the pressure on us. We knew that. When we were playing, making those runs, we knew – that we had to make plays. And and we took our, our week of work and, and we took it serious. We knew that if it with guys being hurt in the back end, that we had to make plays up front. And that it doesn't necessarily mean sacks. I hate I hate putting a number on sacks. How many sacks we've got to get this week? I hate that. We need to get pressure. A lot of people haven't been able to get pressure on, on Jalen Hurts. Making him have to make a play late, make a throw in a tight window. Excuse me. Give those guys time on the back end to, to cover. Bat some balls down, right? Make him throw off his back foot. Make him uncomfortable. Put the pressure on us. Put it on us. We'll take it. It's it's fine. We'll, we'll do our job to help you out. Because once those guys get healthy and we're making this playoff run, they're going to have to help us at some point. And we have to take onus. Now it's our turn. You can let one game be bigger than any other game. One mean less than any other game. It's the most important game because it's the next one. Man, I, I really love the way he broke that down, talking about the def- defensive line's mindset, what they should go to Wink and say, hey, put this game on us. Put this game on us. we got a uh, back-end secondary that's a little hurt. 
put this game on us, and that's the mentality the Giants defensive line is going to have, have to have on Sunday. All right, let's get into the key matchups for this game because Philly, as we know, 11-1, NFL powerhouse. I'm going to you first times. What are the key matchups leading into Sunday's game at MetLife? Well, because I'm going to focus on the defense this game, I really think these inside linebackers, Jalen Smith and McFadden, and hopefully Tate Crowder, because he tweeted, get some more playing time this week. Um, I want to see if they can tackle. Can they read the misdirection? Can they get after Jalen Hurts a little bit? He is going to run the football. Miles Sanders is an elite running back. I mean, this team can really run the football. But I, I'm telling you, I think the, the, the D linemen, they're going to do their job. It's up to the linebackers to come up and make plays and create some sort of negative plays or no, no zero-yard game plays. These linebackers are going to be really important to this game and how it ends up. If they play poorly, I think the Giants get blown out. It's going to be up to these guys to start making plays, helping out the rest of this defense because they just haven't done it, uh, especially in recent weeks. I mean, they're giving up a ton of yardage in the run game. You got to create – you got to treat Jalen Hurts like a running back because he is – in addition to being an exceptional quarterback. But so for me, it's the linebackers uh, tackling, getting after the run game. Well, I think the best individual matchup is Dexter Lawrence against Jason Kelsey. Mm. You know, I mean, I mean, Kelsey, I mean, people talk about this guy as a leader, as a great player, the center, you know, everything revolves around him. I mean, he's just, he's just a, a he is a prototype of what every team is looking for. Uh, Dexter is too on his side, you know, not as old, certainly not as accomplished, but so I think just one-on-one, -on -one, that's a great matchup. But you know what, you know what I think is a, is a, it's not a head-to-head -head matchup, but it's, it's just something I'm very interested in is, is how the Giants and their running quarterback, Daniel Jones and Jalen Hurts and the Eagles and their running quarterback, how when we see them both on the field on Sunday, what is the vibe we get? You know, Brian Dable, let's remember, in Atlanta, in Alabama, when he was the offense coordinator, Jalen Hurts was his starting quarterback. He played very well. We all remember in the national championship game, uh, he was famously benched at halftime for Tua Tagoviola, and they ended up winning the game, and Tua ended up, you know, that was the start of his legend. But Dayball has great respect and admiration, and I think love for Jalen Hurts. And it's interesting, right? We're always wondering what are is Dayball and what are the Giants thinking about Daniel Jones moving forward? And to hear... Dayball speak about Jalen Hurts. He said, he means a lot to me. He can galvanize a locker room. He's a winner and a leader at that position. He's as competitive and mentally tough as anyone I've ever been around. That was one year with Jalen Hurts. Has he said that about Daniel Jones? And he said good things about Daniel Jones. You know, I'm just saying galvanize a locker room. This is what he is looking oh, for. Oh, stop. You're just, what do you mean? You're, up, you're making something up. up. No. What no. do you mean? Just because he hasn't said that? I'm saying is that, that this is what Brian Dable has said as a standard for a quarterback. We don't know what he thinks of Daniel Jones moving forward. He said very good things about him, but can anyone say, anyone say, I'm serious, because who the quarterback is in 2023 is the the biggest picture for this team right now. And can anyone say that Daniel Jones galvanizes a locker room? And I like Daniel Jones. I'm just I would saying, say that's the only thing he doesn't do. Maybe. Maybe. Okay. Well, he, well he Brian checks Dable, all those other boxes. He does. But it sure as hell helps to have AJ Brown and and Devontae Smith and 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 Jalen Hurts is a quarterback who has won a ton of games. Daniel Jones is a quarterback who has not won a ton of games in college or in That's the true. NFL. And like I said, I'm just saying 
That is why it's my matchup. Let's have these two young quarterbacks on the field. Jalen Hurts has way more weapons than Daniel Jones. So they don't have to go head-to-head, throw-for-throw, yard-for-yard. But after that game, let's get a vibe. Do we think we're seeing two really good young quarterbacks out there and Jalen Hurts just has a better team? What are we feeling? What's the vibe? I think that's very important. I think it's going to be an even matchup between both of the quarterbacks, but it's going to have to go to Jalen Hurts because, again, he has more weapons. A.J. Brown is a man playing amongst boys right now. Does Daniel Jones have anything close to an A.J. Brown? Devontae Smith, they both have 61 catches on a year. Devontae has uh, 711 yards. A.J. Brown has 950. How about this, Brandon? How about this? What kind of impact has A.J. Brown had? The Titans just fired their general manager this week. They're 7-5 and and leading their division, and they were embarrassed by the Eagles, right? And A.J. Brown had two touchdowns and over 100 yards. And look, I'm sure there were other issues, but you want to talk about a trade that went bad? Your team is a winning team and and going to make the playoffs probably. And, And this general manager, John Robinson, is a respected guy. And the owner just looked at this and said, you traded A.J. Brown. He's killing it. He's killing us. You're getting fired. Uh, when, when you when you make a trade, you want the other team to fire the general manager afterwards because the trade was so good. And that's what makes it easier for Jalen Hurst to galvanize the locker room if we're setting the bar at, at, at wins because now you have a GM that has brought him weapons. And now, so when we're talking about an A.J. Brown and an Advancy Smith, a Dallas Goddard, who probably won't be available to play, Quez Watkins, who's their speed guy, he's got weapons, and they run the ball. They still run the ball uh, fifth most in the NFL. Third, uh, third, uh, third in attempts, fifth most in terms of yardage. So you're seeing a, a complete team, and that's easier for, I feel as though, a Jalen Hurts to play his game win games and galvanize the locker room because at first I was thinking like, oh, is, does he not galvanize because he doesn't dance? You know, he doesn't do the Schmurda dance or a TikTok dance in the locker room. But yeah, when you say wins, wins is predicated off of so much. And I just think between Daniel Jones is playing well, but you, I'll look at this game for the sake of you, Paul. I'm going to look at this game and be like, hey, would Daniel Jones throw for 360 and get back-to-back NFC uh, Offensive Player of the Weeks? if he had an A.J. Brown, if he had a Devontae Smith out there. Uh, Tynes, final thought before we go into the trenches. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be an interesting matchup now that you mention it. Of course, they don't play against each other. Um, Philly's good. Philly has everything you want on offense. Daniel Jones has nothing, guys. Think about this. Darius Slayton wouldn't even get a helmet in Philly because he doesn't play special teams. Their fourth and fifth guy has to play special teams. Darius Slayton is our best receiver, and I like him. Yeah, But that's who Daniel Jones is rolling out there Sunday with. Not even in the same conversation. So galvanize, chauvinize. Um, let's just see what happens. I mean, Daniel's playing with – we all know it. We've talked about it. We've beat a yeah. dead horse. Jalen Hurts is good, but 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 I do like him. Right? He Obviously, he's been a winner everywhere he's went. I like Jalen Hurts a lot. I just hope he plays like crap on Sunday. And another thing that helps Jalen Hurts play at a high level – and this is not a podcast for Jalen Hurts or anything. We're just breaking down where Giants fans – want the Giants to be at this point of the season or or at least going forward. Another thing that makes him so great this year, uh, I guess we could call him great by the way he's playing this year alone, is MVP, MVP, guys. MVP, the the, the trenches. 
Philadelphia's offensive oh. line. I don't know if you guys play Madden. Paul, I don't know if you play Madden or not. But there's like they got this superstar thing where they put a star on a player. Usually for teams, it's on like a receiver, it's on the quarterback. They've got like two or three on the offensive line alone. So when we go into the trenches, let's talk about Philadelphia's offensive line versus the Giants' defensive line. Defensive line, Paul. Who do you think wins that matchup and why? I think the Eagles win it. Now, the Giants have, you know, the edge rushers are young and exciting. Yeah. You know, we're talking about Jalen Hurts and how exciting he is. Look, the Giants have two young, exciting edge rushers, and and we were waiting for Aziz Ojolari, and we didn't have to wait last week. He looked great. Yeah, he so, but, but, look, this week, it's not just about getting after Jalen Hurts. It's about really being disciplined. It's about keeping your contain on the outside because this team can hit it, hit it wide. They can hit it inside. Um um, but look, until further notice, the Eagles offensive line gets the advantage over everybody because they're really good. They 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 drafted well. They found guys, you know, on the international, uh, you know, portal, that kind of thing. Uh, Kelsey, as we said, is a stud. You know, another thing that Brian Dable said, you know, Brian Dable mentioned Howie Roseman's name, the, the Eagles general manager, like five times this week. And he usually doesn't start just extolling the virtues of other teams, general managers. Uh, you know, Dable is is he feels really good about the Eagles. He mentioned Jalen Hurts a lot. He mentioned Howie Roseman a lot this week. So we know what the Giants players are going to have to do to try and win this game. But we're going to have a little fun with this one. We're going to put on our, uh, our, our, our thinking caps, and we're going to put ourselves into the shoes of the Giants coordinators. Of course, offensive guy, I'm going to cover the offense. Paul, you're a defensive guy. You look like a really good corner. You're going to cover the defense. You're going to be Paul Martindale. And, of course, Lawrence Tynes, you kicked the Giants into two Super Bowls. You're going to take on the special teams. You're Thomas McGay. Paul Martindale, let's start with you. What does Wink need to do to have a near-perfect game? Well, first of all, you got to get your eyes checked. I do not look like a corner. I look like a slow-footed safety, okay, <laughs> who, who, who can play. I want to play deep coverage, okay? okay I'm like okay. 50 yards down there, and I'm just going to walk in straight, and I'm going to tell people what to do because that's what I do best, okay? I don't part- I just tell them what to do. If I'm Wink Martindale, here's what you have to make. the e- Every snap the Eagles take on offense is advantage Giants. Make them snap it, then make them snap it again, then make them snap it again. You have to shorten this game. I know Wink wants to be really aggressive. They have the, you know, one of the highest blitz percentages in the league, and he will not back off from that a little bit. But you have to, you have to be an advocate for your own offense too. You know what I mean? So you have to try to make them snap the ball and snap it. Don't get beat over the top. If they have an 80-yard drive, make them take eight minutes to do it. You know what I mean? Um, They need to contain Jalen Hurts as best they can. Look, the matchups aren't good. You know, as we mentioned, Fabian Moreau, Nick McLeod, maybe Cordell Flott, you know, against Brown against Devonta Smith. You know, the Giants so badly wanted Devonta Smith and they couldn't get him. The Eagles traded up over them to get him. And then the Giants traded down for who? Kadarius Tony, right? The less said about that, the better. You know, he he has to he has to orchestrate this game to just make them snap the ball. And if they're going to score, try to limit it to field goals and make them use the clock. That's the best thing you can hope for. And maybe you can, you know, you can just give the ball to the offense at some points and they can go on long drives. You got to dummy up the game. You know, Lawrence, you know this from 2007 with the Patriots, right? You just have to slow everything down as best you can. And watch yeah. the crossing routes. Please <laughs> do not let me see crossing routes. Beat this Giants defense. All right, Thomas McGahee, a.k.a. Lawrence McGahee, your special teams, you're on the board. Presented to the team. 
What's the game plan? Well, you hear you hear people talk about it. A lot of pundits on airs talk about complementary football, right? And what that basically means is that's the only thing you can do as a special teams, meaning you kick off the game, you want to tackle them inside the 20, get a stop, punt the ball, offense gets the ball somewhere around midfield. That is complementary football. For those of you who hear the word and don't know what it means. Last week, perfect example, Giants punt in overtime. Kayvon Thibodeau gets a sack. We should have got points there. We didn't get it. Great complementary football. The Giants are going to have to play complementary football. You know, Gillian, Gillen has, has punted well in recent weeks, but he certainly needs one of his best games. We need to return the kickoffs. Eagles are second worst in the NFL in kickoff coverage, giving up almost 26 okay. yards or 26 points something per game. I think where the Giants – now this can go twofold because – do we want Richie James returning punts or just catching them? Because this punter is going to serve up some punts, guys. He's not a big hang time guy. He's He's got the 29th or 30th ranked net punting average in the league. So we can take advantage here. But again, Richie's had some issues with some ball security. But he's going to give us a couple balls to return. Same with the kickoff. Jake Elliott's having one of his best years kicking off. But when you return them, like I said, they're second worst in the NFL in kickoff coverage. So... There's an opportunity here for the Giants, Brightwell on the KORs and and Richie in the punt return game to maybe make an impact. They're going to have to get impact plays out of special teams, whether it's turnovers and big returns, to even have a chance in this game. Uh, No such thing as a perfect game in special teams, but you can certainly help your football team, and the Giants will need a turnover or a big return and either punt or kickoff to to help them win this game if they want to win this game. I appreciate that, uh, Coach Lawrence McGahey, and now is Brandon Dable, a.k.a. B. London Kafka. Now I'm going to take over and talk to the offense because when our special teams does get us a big play, when our special teams does give us a short field, we have to capitalize on that. And how are we going to do that? We are going to use multiple backs. We're going to use multiple systems in, in, in the case to get free Saquon. We are going to have to find ways to get Saquon in space And I'm going to tell Daniel Jones, in the pass offense, especially if we're trying to sneak and get some sort of shot on first down, you don't have to take that shot. Use your feet. Get us into second and sixes, second and fives, so we can run the ball comfortably on a second and three, uh, on a second and six or a second and five, as opposed to a second and ten when we get stopped at the line. Now we put ourselves in a third and long situation. We're going to have to be creative, but we're also going to have to control the clock and we're going to have to control the tempo. I need no penalties on offense. I know it's a hard thing to say, but penalties back us up and we do not want to be behind the chains. Last but not least, fellas, when we get into the red zone, Daniel, if you see Isaiah Hodgins out there, 6'3 body, you see Bellinger lined up with a, with a, with a backer and you can get a one-on-one, put the ball high. Make them go into the sky. Make them play above the rim. I understand we got the short guys. We want to run some crossing routes. We run run Saquon's. Let's get them off there. Ooh, but then we got James Bradbury and Darius Slay back there. Another thing I have to tell these guys. I know, Paul, I, it, it just hit me when I was talking. <laughs> I, if you can't catch it, they can't catch it. Do not allow these guys to come down with interceptions. Fight for that ball. We'll take the penalty instead of turning the ball over. I want each drive to end with some sort of kick, whether it be extra point or punt. This is how what this is what we're going to do. This is how we're going to have to do to beat this Eagles defense, who is solid up front. And I and last but not least, interior. My interior lineman. It's t- it's it's time. This game. 
We need you guys to be nasty, smart but nasty, and we need you guys to hold these guys up. Ah, great coaching game plan. I, I'm, I'm going to have to call text you guys during my next Madden matchup because I love what you guys are talking about. And that's, I mean, I think every Giants fan out there kind of feels what we're feeling, and we understand that we're going to have to play this perfect game and that the coaches are going to have to uh, coach a co- uh, perfect game as well. And Giants fans, you've just seen how uh, – the Giants match up or how we feel about how the Giants match up against uh, the, the birds. Let's see what the birds think of this game because I spoke to Super Bowl champ and NBC Sports Philly analyst Barrett Brooks and this week's Know Your Enemy. When I get some quarterback, I always try to get the ball out because you never know what can happen. All right, it's time for your week 14. Know Your Enemy is Giants-Eagles in a must-win divisional game for Big Blue Giants fans, you know you know everything about the Eagles. But Barrett Brooks is a former Eagle, a Super Bowl champ, and an NBC Sports Philly analyst, and is here to talk fly Eagles fly versus the G-Man. I'm going to be honest with you. First and foremost, thanks for joining us. I hate that song after they score that fly <laughs> Eagles fly. So let's, <laughs> let's break this thing down because I'm not trying to hear it on Sunday at MetLife Stadium. But let's I love it. You know, of course you do. Of course yeah, you do. Yeah. All right, let's, let's start off by breaking down the quarterback play uh, by both of these quarterbacks heading into this game. Do oh, you, okay, that's right. You said Daniel Jones, he is a quarterback. That's right, he is a quarterback. Oh, okay. come on, since you got Jalen Hurts <laughs> balling right now, back-to-back NFC Offensive Player of the Week, could you think, or do you think this will be another statement game for Jalen? Absolutely. You know, in fact, um, in all honesty, the worst game he's played in his career, last game that he played up in MetLife Stadium, was his worst game. Um, he was up there, he threw a pick going into halftime, He didn't play well that game, so I think he has a little bit to prove against this Giants team. We split with him last year. And, you know, like it or not, man, at this point, Brian Dable has this team playing at a a high level. I did not think they were going to play as good as they're playing right now, but they've got Daniel Jones going in the right direction. He's playing consistent. But I tell you what, Jalen Hurst is playing at an MVP level. You know, people are saying, you know, it's Patrick Mahomes. He's got it locked up. You got to give this young man some type of, you know, hype about what he's doing. You know, to go in and and run for 150 yards and have over 350 yards offense, and then turn right back around after running for 150 yards. The next game, he throws for over 380 yards. It's like pick your poison as a defense. What are you going to stop? You going to stop his running game, and or are you going to stop his passing game? And oh, by the way. He has a pretty good targets to go to um, outside of that also. Yeah, he's doing a great job getting the ball to his weapons. A.J. Brown, big plays. Devontae Smith, big plays. I mean, he's got weapons to go around. And I was one of those people, I just want to go on, uh, on record right now, I did hate on him coming out of college. He's now <laughs> shut me up. But uh, it's, it's, it's going to be a dogfight between these two teams. Absolutely, like said, absolutely. He's, he's going to have to reprove himself at MetLife after last uh, year's performance. So let's talk about this Eagles defense because, I mean, it, uh, it, the game is won in the trenches, as you know. Absolutely. Eagles defense, how do they match up against this Giants offense? Well, I, I think they match up well. I mean, uh, I don't think uh, Leonard Williams is playing. And I, keep, I think that kind of bowls well into this um, offensive line of the Eagles. I mean, to me, they're the best offensive line in the league. I think they've proven it. Doing whatever you need to do to, to win the game, they've done it. If they want to run the ball for, for 200 yards, they can do that. If they want to pass for 300 yards, they can do that. I think that, you know, you got some great guys up front, especially young guys. Uh, Kayvon Thibodeau is really coming to his own. You know, I thought he was going to be too small, too slight to be an impact type of player. But he is definitely 
making it happen. And I think it all has to do with uh, uh, Wink Martindale. You know, he plays a front that you don't know where guys are coming from. So this Eagles uh, offensive line, they definitely have to focus on where guys are coming from, know the number count, know where the mic is so they can get things situated on who's coming. Because he probably blitzes over 60% of the time. So they have to be on their P's and Q's as far as being assignment correct and making sure they can protect the quarterback and uh, open up rush lanes for uh, for you know for Miles Sanders. All right, let's flip it. Talk about the Eagles' defensive line. How do they match up against the Giants' O line? See, that's you know that's where I think you know we're at a point where you know it, 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 we're still trying to prove if we can stop the run, and we all know that this offense of the Giants runs through Saquon Barkley. I don't know. I mean, you know they stopped King Henry last week. They held him to thirty yards. But can they do to somebody as versatile as Saquon Barkley? You know, Saquon is, is is a jack of all trades. He can do it all. He can catch out the backfield. He can run in between the tackles. He can take it to the outside. He does everything well. And when you have guys that haven't been able to stop the run, but a couple of times this year, we're still, uh, you know, the jury still need to be set on what they are. They went out got Ndamukong Sue, Linville Joseph, to stop the run in the middle. Big Davis comes in. Uh, the rookie Big Davis comes back to kind of clog up the middle. It's imperative that they stop the running game against that offensive line. And I love your tackles. You have two of the best tackles in the league with Evan Neal and Andrew Thomas. Those two young guys, the young tandem, that might be the new bookends in the NFL. They're both playing very, very well. And as soon as um, Neal got back, that's when the offense started rolling again. I love that humble approach that you come on here with, with still trying to find yourselves after holding <laughs> Derrick Henry to 30 yards. Pump your brakes, bro. We know that Eagles defense line is real. But before I move on, we start talking about the coaching. James Bradbury, familiar face around, uh, around here at East Rutherford. Uh, how is he playing for you guys, and what has he brought to that defense? Well, nobody caught a ball on him last week. You know, and I understand, you know, what, you know, what went on, you know, they, they, they run the ball, uh, you know, the Titans run the ball, but when you talk about Slay and Bradbury, they're, they are the best tandem in the NFL right now. And then you've add, you know, Avante Maddox, who might be back this week. I know they're the best trio as far as, you know, cornerbacks in the league. It's hard to really, it's, it's hard for our defensive coordinator Gannon to really make, you know, put him in a bad position with the way these athletes are. I mean, even if he has them in off covers, these guys, these two, you know, cornerbacks can play up tight whenever they want to, and they have autonomy to do that. And if they see something, they react on it. That's where these two play the best because they've been around. They know they know these teams' system. They've played against these teams before. They have gone out and played against the best in the business and shut them down. I mean, the way Slay played Jeffrey, and totally took him out of the game in week two just to show how good he is. Both of them will probably be pro bowlers this year. And I'll tell you what, I don't know what you guys think about letting Bradbury go. He is playing an all-star level. They even have him in man-to-man. You know he's more of a a, 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 um, a zone corner who reads things and reacts things, a big corner. But he's played phenomenally for this uh, this Eagles team. Yeah, targeted 72 times, only give up 32 completions. And when you say you don't know what we're thinking about letting him go, it's like when you're at the store and you really want this, like a, a nice something, but you ain't had no money. You had to right. give it up, had to put it back on the shelf. <laughs> right, right, or you right. you had to trade it out. All right, last but not least, this one's got to be quick. Which coach, because we're talking about two coaches, that could be up for coach of the year. Which coach has to be more aggressive in their decision-making and in-game approach? Real quick, why? Who oh, and why? It had, it had to be Sirianni because, you know, the expectations of him are so high that he has to go out there. And it's almost like Super Bowl or bust for him. Ron Dable's been on, you know, borrowed time. And he's went out there and executed a team that, you know, they're over 500. 
So at this point, you know, you got to put it in his his court as far as being uh, the premier coach in the league because he took a lot of nothing and made it into something. Thank you for that, Barrett. All right. It's time, guys. It's time for the predictions. Tynes, I'm going to start with you. These numbers, I, I got to tell you guys, these numbers came off of Philly's only loss, that loss to the Commanders. Okay. This is where I got the numbers this time. No Vegas involved on this one. All right, Philly, total offensive yards, 26, mm. 263 and a half yards, over, under, go. Paul, you want to go first? Yeah, yeah I, I would because this is what's called in the business a layup. Okay, <laughs> if you can't make a layup, you can't stay on the court. Oh, the over under Philly offensive lodge two sixty three. Is that for the one half? Is that oh, for the first half? <laughs> We're going full game, baby. Oh, okay, I will uh, to keep in 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 the um, in because of brevity's sake. I will say over, over, over. How about way over? Wow, Not easy. They've only been held under three hundred yards twice this year. So I'm sorry, the Giants have only held two opponents under three hundred yards twice this year: Carolina and Seattle. Um, it's been a while, right? The defense is not playing that great. Uh, as of late, over the last four, I, I'll agree with Paul here. I think it's. I think they might have that at halftime. Dang, I'm gonna have to go over as well. I know we have Paul Martindale gave up the defensive game plan, but just like you guys said, like the Giants, I think this game was just an anomaly. The Washington team did a great job uh, holding Philly, and uh, yeah, I, I think over on this one. Another thing that they did well, they made Philly turn the ball over. So this next one, Philly, 3.5 turnovers. Three were a fumble. One was an INT. They had four. 3.5 is the line over, under. Times will go on you on this one. Yeah, you know, it was interesting. Philly only had two turnovers in their first seven games. They have eight in their last five. But, again, you mentioned that number skewed a little bit with four against Washington. They don't turn the ball over. Now, they did. They were trying to make some plays late in that Washington game. I'll say under. I'll say under three and a half turnovers. I mean, this team is just so efficient everywhere. They don't really turn the ball over. So, under three and a half for me. Uh, Brandon, first of all, I, I don't really like um, uh, Paul Martindale. I prefer Wink Schwartz. Okay, okay. I think okay. That, that, okay. that has a better ring to it. Yeah, we Wink got to Schwartz. fix your lower third as well. On yeah, Wink, okay. Wink Schwartz. Um, Wink tur- Schwartz. Uh, under. I think under. You know, Jalen Hurts has only thrown three interceptions. They only have seven lost fumbles. Yeah, that game against the Commanders, as you said, Lawrence, they're they're in catch up mode. There was some freaky. You know, they make a big play down the field, and yeah. a guy's running yeah. with the ball, and 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 you know, so. No, that that's you're asking the Giants to get four turnovers in this game on defense. That's a lot. I'll say under. I'll go under as well. Um, same thing. I mean, those first two, these first two were kind of anomalies in a sense. Uh, but let's go to some that could be done. New York Giants total rushing mm-hmm. yards, one hundred fifty-one and a half over under. Paul, go. Uh, Eagles allow what one eighteen? Um, we thought they were vulnerable against the run, and then they they just completely stuff. Henry, you know, Derrick Henry last week for 30-something yards. I know the game kind of got out of hand. I get that. 151, I think, is a good number. I will say under. I just will say under because I think the Ooh. Giants are not going to play ahead and they're going to have to throw the ball. You know, I just think under. Um, 151, if they can get 152, um, I think under. Yeah, under. Times. Yeah, well, I think they go over. Uh doesn't mean they're going to win or lose, but just – in the spirit of them running the football, we've done it five times this year. The Giants are four and one in those games. Now, don't look into that. It uh, doesn't mean they're going to win the game, but I think the Giants really have to commit to this with a running back by committee type of deal this weekend and then obviously getting Daniel Jones going. So I'll say over 150 yards. 
I, I'm going to go over as well, maybe in that 160 range, 180 if they're having themselves a day. Three running backs have to touch this ball, and I would like to see each running back have at least four pushing five carries, and then you have what Daniel Jones also brings to the table when he uses his legs. The Giants are going to have to go over on this one. New York Giants, second half points scored. The Commanders scored 12 in that second half against the Eagles. We'll put it at 11.5 over, under, times go. This is a really good number because as I was, you know, looking at things over for the week, uh, the Giants have actually given up 11 points per game in the second half over their last four. So I think way over. Uh, I think this is a, the type of game where Philly just wears you down, wears you down, wears you down, and hits some big plays late. Personnel-wise, the Giants just cannot really compete, to be honest with you. Uh, so I think they don't take their foot off the gas. You know, some teams do that. <laughs> Philly's going to want to step on our throats and keep scoring. So I say over. On the flip side of that, do you think the Giants could score over 11.5 points in the second half? Sure. Yeah. I don't have any other explanation, but they could. <laughs> I mean, they, they could, you know, block punt, maybe, kickoff return, something like that. But yeah, I don't think it's going to come on the offensive side. All right. We got to get B. London Kafka on the headset. Paul, uh, New York Giants points allowed in the second half. And then do you think the Giants can score? over 11.5 or under 11.5 in the second I'll half. take over, over. I think they're okay. going to give up 12 points in the second half. I think they'll score 12 points in the second half. You know, I think okay. – um, I just think they will. I, I don't think this is going to be an incredibly low-scoring game. Um, it's going to be hard for the Giants to, 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 you know, make the Eagles a lot under 30 points here. And I think the Giants will, will score a little bit. Yeah, so I think over, over, because I also think they'll be behind. Maybe there's a give-up touchdown at the end, that kind of thing. I'll go under, over. In order for the Giants to win this game, they have to control the ball in the second half. They have uh, they have to control the ball in the second half. They have to stop Philly from getting in the end zone, which is what they were doing when the teams were getting in the red zone. The Giants were holding them to three. Now teams are getting touchdowns. In order to stop this hot Phillies offense, you got to stop them in the red zone. And then on the second half, I think over on that second half because they're going to, like Ty said, they're going to have to find the ways to create some sort of points, some sort of capitalize on opportunities in that second half. New York Giants allowed sacks 2.5 over under. Paul, go. I think over. You know, you want to play the quick game against this team, right? But, you know, J Daniel gets the ball out of shotgun. One, bang, two, look, look, who's open? That's the problem. Yeah. Who's open? Yeah. So I, I think I think over. I just think, you know, Daniel's going to try to run the ball. He'll be behind the line of scrimmage sometime. So I think the Eagles will sack him at least three times, yes. Yeah, this is a no-brainer. The Giants' offensive line has not protected him very well all season. So easily here three and a half um i do think paul's right it'll be from him scrambling around i don't think it's just going to be these free shots coming at you i do anticipate the offensive line playing better but again this is a really really good defense uh, yeah i'm going to go with the over on this one and it's because daniel jones is going to be smart with the football he's not going to just throw it up i can see him taking the sack just to be able to stay in field goal range to get some sort of points on the board so it's Sacks may not be a bad thing in this game. All right, we got the predictions out the way. It's time for the final thoughts. It's time for the extra point. Tynes, your segment. We're going to start with you. Yeah, you, you guys know the NFL is all about matchups. This is a horrible, horrible matchup for the New York Giants. It is. I don't see where they win anywhere outside a punter, and that's not good enough to win a football game. They're not better than the Eagles anywhere, anywhere, even some places, but they're not better than any of them except maybe at punter. Kickers are the same. The Giants, listen, this is going to be panic mode for Giants Nation, Giants fans, um, Giants coaches maybe. 
Um, until they get some help back down the stretch here, I think this is a bludgeoning, guys. I think the Eagles come in here and beat, you know, Jalen Hurts had a horrible game last year against his team. He's 15-2 and two since that <laughs> loss when he threw three picks against the Giants. I'm going to take the Eagles here. Sorry, Giants Nation. 30-10. to 10. I think it's a blowout. I think it's step on your throat. You guys aren't good enough. We're here for the long term. Eagles win by 20. They certainly have that type of coach who have that mindset. Paul, final thoughts. Yeah, my final thought is, look, you can't say, look, the Giants need to win this game. It's a must win. We said that last week against the man, the commanders, and we'll say that next week against the commanders. You know, it's unfair to put that expectation on the Giants. Here's what I do not think is unfair. You know, Lawrence is is predicting, you know, it's going to be a, a, an ugly game and the Eagles are going to be much better. That's likely what will happen. But the Giants have to bloody the Eagles a little bit here. You know, the Giants have to walk off that field at MetLife Stadium and thinking we can compete with them and having us think, you know what, the Giants didn't win this game, but they're not a bad team. And they showed us down the stretch that maybe they can make this playoff push. They can't just go out there and capitulate and look like a, a, a non-playoff team against the best team in the league. They're playing at home. They have pride. They have good coaches. You know, So they have to make it a game. Can they? Probably not. But I think that's my final thought is don't walk off the field and everyone's saying, yeah, the Giants are really, you know, on the way down. The Eagles are going to be in the Super Bowl. No, you got to you got to muddy up that story a little bit. As far as my prediction, I think holding the Eagles under 30 is tough. Um, I but, uh, you know, I, I, 20, 20 to 10, I'll say maybe like 20 to 13, 20. Uh, no, I'm sorry, 30 to 10, 30, 30. I would say like 30 to 16, something like that, that the Giants lose this game. It's hard. It's a hard matchup, as Lawrence said. But there's different feels when you come out of a game. The feel coming out of this game can't be, if you're the Giants, we're just not anywhere in the stratosphere of the Eagles. That's a bad feeling. Yeah, they're going to have to get back to the basics. They're going to have to be able to go punch for punch with a team like this. And really, they're going to have to win in that second half. Get it, Keep it within one possession going into the fourth quarter, and then anything can kind of happen within this game. All right, you've heard our key matchups. You've heard our thoughts on the game. We even put our coordinator caps on. Uh, you've heard Know Your Enemy. We've heard from Dave Tollefson. We want to thank everyone for listening and watching this episode of Blue Rush Podcast, our New York Giants show. Please subscribe to Blue Rush on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And make sure to follow New York Post Sports and SNY's YouTube channels for all videos from Blue Rush. New episodes of the show drop Monday morning following Giants games and Thursdays previewing the week ahead, kind of like we just did now. For Paul Schwartz, for Lawrence Tynes, I'm Brandon London, and we're going to catch you all on another episode of Blue Rush.